You're listening to a Calvary and Adults podcast, a ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church, Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Calvary Young Adults is a midweek worship gathering of those in the Durham region who are between the ages of 18 and 30. We love the Lord, proclaim His Word, and celebrate His goodness. This podcast series is a release of the sermons from Thursday evenings. Let's listen now. So this is week 10 of the plan within Jesus' plan, and I call this sermon The Pattern of Sound Words. And we're going to be camping out a little bit tonight, a little bit later in Isaiah 41, 10 through 11. I went to a funeral this afternoon of a, of a saint, of a woman who was in charge of women's ministry for so many years and had a prayer room in her house where her daughter was testifying today at the funeral that she would go in and she found these notepads and, and on these notepads were prayer requests upon prayer requests of people from our church and people that she knew and she would just be in there praying and uh, and in, their, in the sermonette, or one of the things that they were doing when they were referencing um, the scriptures today, they referenced a part of, the, of my sermon today. So I was listening to another leader in the church talk about uh, the hand of God and how God will be with us. He will lead us with his righteous right hand. We won't actually get to that verse, but it's in the same passage that we're going to be talking about tonight. But I want to I enter in this with you tonight. I would pray and ask that you would just give me a little bit of attention tonight, maybe 25 minutes. Uh, I will end on time with this sermon. And, but I'm asking to press in, and uh, I'm going to ask a few questions. I want you to open up your heart and mind. I'm going to ask God to do that. God, will you just give us a time that we can meet with you with your word? Just pray that you would open up our hearts and minds and draw us in. Bring areas in our life that we need to submit to you. Help us to know and understand these good areas that you are working in. God, we ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen. So quieting the torrent waves of a troubled soul. That was the the opening line of my sermon today as I was thinking about the overwhelmingness overwhelmingness of of the life that we can live uh, in today's culture. And I was thinking about how one little tweak to the plan within Jesus' plan can make all the difference. I'm going to ask you this question. Can you relate? Can you relate to getting up sometimes in the morning, laying in bed, first thing you wake up, you know, you're about to start and you feel a little bit of a pressure, a little bit of heaviness sitting on your chest. It's a something is just not right kind of feeling. You're waking up to it. Anyone can attest to that sometimes? Sometimes it can begin right when you wake up, a pressure that just kind of sits there for a few minutes and you're trying to debate, what kind of day is this going to be? What's going to be on my agenda that I don't know of? And if you're like me, your phone is probably close to you somewhere. Where is it in your mind right now? Is it on your left? Is it on your right? Is it over your head? It's around you somewhere. And you usually look, you usually look for it and you kind of look at the time maybe, and you look at maybe a social media account or whatever you're doing, you're, you kind of have a pattern. Almost all of us have a, a first thing with our phone pattern. And sometimes we reach over and we get that, and that feeling is just kind of sit there. It's sitting there. It just kind of sits there for a minute. But you're a leader. You're a leader, so you shake it off, and you begin your day, and you enter into your pattern, and you move on. 
You get up, you start your day, you get dressed, take a shower, get your coffee, do whatever you do in the morning, and you get ready for your day, and then you go on. Maybe you go on to school, maybe you go on to fellowship, maybe you go on to a workplace. And then as you move throughout your day, there are moments. Some of you can relate to this every day. Some, some of you, it just happens maybe, maybe once in a week, maybe once in a month. Maybe it doesn't ever happen to you. But there are moments in your day when you feel like you're unsure of your purpose. You don't really know about your position. There's a little bit of doubt that can creep in about your future. And it's almost like a quick, unforeseen wave that kind of creeps up on you. I remember I was in uh, South Carolina on a mission tour, and I was, uh, I don't like water. I don't know if you know that about me. I've drowned multiple times and been revived. I almost died in Mexico once. That's a different story. But I was in South Carolina on a missions trip, which was phenomenal. I got to go to South Carolina uh, with a group of teens, and we're out on the beach. We did beach ministry. Crazy. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'm... The church was hilarious. It was hilarious when I told the deacons of the church, yeah, I'm going to South Carolina. I'm going to take the youth group, and we're going to do beach ministry. So we went up and down the beach talking to people, sharing the gospel, doing little things on the beach. So one of the days after doing that, we got into the water, and it was a beautiful day. I still remember it. Within, like, it must have been like two minutes, sky turned black, lightning over the water. The water is like crystal blue in South Carolina. And then out of nowhere... Just a wave just came up and just like smoked like four or five of us and pulled us out. It was a scary thing. When we were trying to swim back, a turtle came up in the middle of us and it was like, that's a freaky moment. Like a turtle coming up in front of you and there's waves and lightning. Sometimes when we're going about our day, sometimes when we're dealing with hard things, it's kind of like a quick unforeseen wave that creeps up on us. Kind of like a... a that feeling you may have gotten in the morning. But this time you didn't wake up to it, it just crept up on you. Maybe this feeling was prompted by a coworker or a work situation. This feeling of like it's not everything's not okay all the time or or even in this moment. Maybe it's a circumstance in your family. You're dealing with hard situations with people in your life. Or even from a glance at a profile of a social media account. Sometimes we look at people's accounts and our life isn't the best, and we look at their fake life, and we think, oh, I wish my life was like their life, but their life is not really like that most of the time, and it gets us thinking, and then you experience it. For some people, they get this kind of fear in their chest. For others, it's an overwhelming thought process, and for some, it's a paralyzing pressure of not knowing what to do. For some, it's all three. They call that a panic attack. Others, you become very tired, and some become sad. It just kind of creeps up on you. You'd be having a great day, and something triggers it, and you feel sad or hopelessness. If this is you, or if this has happened to you a few times in your life, or if this has nothing to do with your pattern right now, it may in the future. So I'm going to ask you to lean into this sermon tonight. For tonight, we all need to do something. A little something. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Brothers and sisters, there have been times and there will be more times in your life, good times, 
which establish deep wells of good emotion. All of us have these moments in our lives, and there will be lots more moments in our future where we will enter into a space, a situation, a moment, and it will create a deep longing memory that will help us. It will be a memory that will be full of joy that we can recall, that we can lean into later in life. These good times, times like when you were maybe were on a sports team and you were on this team and they, this team really put time in and you guys were working together, you were digging deep, training hard, and you were faced with a goal, you were faced with this, this competition and maybe you won. You were part of a winning team. Maybe you weren't part of a winning team, but you as with the team worked hard. You pressed in and you accomplished. Some of you can recall memories like that right now, or others of you may be able to recall exciting moments of learning a new skill like riding a bike or learning to wakeboard or longboard or skateboard. I remember for me, it was landing these impossible tricks when I was 16. I was a skateboarder. I can still skate. It was for me being out at 2 o'clock in the morning out front, greasing down or waxing down my, uh, my, uh, my curb so I can do so I could do kick flips and 360 flips and these heart flips into grinds. I was, I was out in the middle of the night trying to land these. And these moments when you, you practice and the determination and then you get this joy when you nail it. You turn around, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, no one's there to celebrate with you. But you did it! You can say it to yourself, I did it! Then the next day when you're out with your friends and you hit it and it's just like that moment. Or what about completing a huge task in your life like graduating from high school? Some of us... Graduating for high school was a really rough thing, eh? Some of us, it was, it was a lot to get through high school. Some of you are in college or have finished college or university and, and, and you remember this was a hard task. Or you can recall landing that interview and getting that invitation, that callback to come work for the first time. What about your first date? Your first kiss? Your first love? Maybe some of you are in that area right now. Maybe you haven't had your first kiss yet. I have a good friend of mine who is now married. He had his first kiss on his wedding day. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. That's, I've, I've hardly ever heard of that. He waited till he was on his wedding day. His first kiss was to his bride. Like, that was, that's romantic. That's like Hallmark movie. I've never heard of it again. It's only happened once, but maybe that's you. Or maybe you can remember when you started to grasp the love of God fully in your life. When you've met a group of people, a group of like-minded people with like-minded goals, and you began to grow and experience the love of God in a new way. Maybe that's you this semester. We've had a lot of new people come into our, our, our group, into our family, some of us have gone to other churches and it just didn't work out that well. We just didn't click with some groups. There were just people that were there and we just never kind of, we weren't fitting together. And then you came over here and God led you here and it was like the puzzle just moved right into the right, correct spot and you, you feel wanted, you feel included, you feel like you're growing, you feel like this relationship is vibrant. These are all moments and emotions and things that we can recall in our life we can praise the Lord for. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you're, you're experiencing victory over sin and tremendous growth in your life. And if you are, let's praise the Lord together. These are all memories that are attached to deep emotions 
that you have experienced, and they're good. And we should thank the Lord. We should thank God for his design of our minds to be able to call good times. Because if when, we call, when we're in bad times, God gives us the ability to recall different circumstances, different situations, different life experiences to help us remember that we are okay. Yet, though we have such a rich well to draw from, and we all have good experiences, there are also times that are very heavy and overwhelming. Tough times. Times when it seems like the light is dimming in your life. And I'm sure there are times you wish you could go back and redo. Any redoers in here? Any situations, any moments in your life that you wish you could go back? They kind of sit in your, in your psyche and you think about them. Maybe they're people from your past you wish you walked past, knowing that the future you would have with them would be hard. So maybe I just, it would be best if we didn't even cross paths. You think like that. Or even people you, you wish you had have known earlier in your life that God had, had maybe set it up a little bit faster in your life so that you could have a better relationship with them. Many of us actually spend real time looking back. Some of us rehearse. We replay situations. We go through scenarios, moments that we regret making the decisions we have made. There are times even when God seems far and Christianity doesn't even feel the same as before. And sin just seems easier and easier to give into. Almost like we tell ourselves, what's the use of even trying anymore? Once we were striving towards hearing that beautiful line that we would be giving at the very end of our life, the one we know that Jesus would say to us as his children, well done, good and faithful servant, we were once going towards that, striving towards that, racing towards that. But now we're hoping just to get through the day with minimal damage. So what do we do? Is there anything we can do that can help us in the morning when we wake up with fear? Is there anything that we can do when we are sabotaged during our day, when we're maybe with a coworker or with family, when we feel that our future might be not so bright, when we play the comparison game against other people we know and people we don't know? By the grace of God, I believe there is something that we can do. This one little tweak in the plan within Jesus' plan, and tonight we're going to look together at a verse and I know my brother Mike's back there. He's going to throw that verse up on the screen. It's Isaiah 41.10. I think this is a good verse for us tonight. I want to camp out here tonight. Our sermon points will be drawn out of verse 10, but I want to include 8 and 9 in the context. It won't be on the screen, but I'm going to talk to you about it. It starts like this. He says, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. He says, I took you from the ends of the earth, and from the farthest corners I called you. I said that you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Here's our verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
As we read this verse and as we hone in just on verse 10, we're going to look at one main declaration and two implications from that one declaration. So one major point with two action points out of it. We need to remember that this will help us quiet the torrent waves of a troubled soul, how one little tweak to the plan can make all the difference and the first thing that we need to know and understand and go home with and the thing I'm asking you to lean in a little bit tonight to get this in your mind and hopefully into your heart and hopefully into the pattern of your plan is this, God is with you. That's the main point. God is with you and the two sub points is God will strengthen you and God will uphold you. When life is overwhelming and worry and fear have gripped your heart, number one, God is with you. See, the first sermon of this series I started with you, I said that you need to have a real personal relationship with Christ. And if he is not the Lord of your life and the protector of your soul, then all you try to do over these next 10 weeks will fail because you will try to do them in your own strength. I said foundational week one of the sermon is personal relationship with God. I asked you the very first question, is God or Jesus the Lord of your life and Savior of your soul? I said we had to start there. If he is, if he is the leader of your life, the Savior of your soul, the Lord of your life, then you need to make this one of these deep, emotional, joyful memories that you can turn to in times of uncertainty. The time when God saved you. And you need to remember that God is with you. God is with you. I'll say it a third time. God is with you. And some of you will say tonight, thank you, pastor. God is with me. And when I have my next panic attack or anxiety or breakdown moment or when things are going well, I'll remember that you said that God is with me. And I, will, I know you will do that. You'll remember that. And you'll use that. You'll say, God is with me. But then there are some in this group tonight that probably think just like me. And you won't just say, thank you, pastor. That's a good reminder. You'll say something like, are you kidding me? Are you saying that God is with me in all this mess and I still feel this way? Like the things I'm going through, the, the panic I have, the, the fear and doubt that I have about my future, the not knowing what to do next moment, God is with me in that? That's crazy talk. Because if God is with me in all this, why doesn't he step in? Why doesn't he throw a brother a hand, lend a sister Lend a sister a hand. Like, what does it mean that God is with you? Anyone have one of those hard days where they just feel overwhelmed? Sometimes you just get up and it's a good day, but by the middle of the day, you're like, I want to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. Set the alarm, I'm going back to bed, I'm done. God's with you, Pastor Nick said. 
Well, if you look at the text, we need to really set our minds and hearts in the right place. Because God is with us. And he is with us in those hard moments. If you look at the text, that's why I wanted to put in 8 and 9. You're going to see verses before that God states that it is he who chooses his people. It says God chose his people, he took them from the ends of the earth, and he called them. This verse sets up a certain pathway, a certain understanding for us to know and understand that God is in control, and God is adding those he wants to his family. It is God who is gathering up the ones he will be with. God does it all. It is God who calls. It is God who adds. It is God who brings. It is God who guides. That leads us to the understanding that it is God who is the one who is calling the shots. It is he who is laying the plans. It is him who is revealing the pathway. And it's not us. And this is where we get into trouble. We actually believe in a real relationship with the Lord. Jesus is Lord of my life, Savior of my soul, but I'm in control. We believe we are in control of our lives and we think that we can do what we want, that we can go where we want, we can live how we want and nothing will happen to us because we're in control. And it's kind of like we add God in. But it's God who adds us in. And we begin to live our lives calling the shots. We think that we can do what we want and live how we want and nothing will happen. And then these manifestations begin to happen in our life. Brokenness, sadness, hopelessness, fear, anxiety, restlessness. Not, not going through with the patterns that you're putting into play. Not reaching your goals, giving up halfway because it's hard. Anxiety fills our days. These are manifestations of what happens when we have believed the lie that we are actually in control of our lives. So the first tweak we need to make is coming to the understanding that we are not our own. The word of God declares that we have been bought with a price and we belong to God. He has a plan for us. He doesn't outright tell us those plans, but here's the great planning he has with us and for us. When we enter into a relationship with God, or better way of stating it is when we finally begin to recognize the lordship and the authority of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we begin to go on a real journey with God. On this journey, and within this journey, he gives us the ability to think, to dream, to create, to learn, and to grow. But never ever is that to be done apart from God. God doesn't say, just go off and dream. He doesn't say, go off and think. He doesn't say, go off and just live your life. He doesn't say, go off and learn a new trade. He doesn't say, go off and grow a little bit and come back and report. He doesn't do that at all, ever. Never, ever. He says that I am with you. In God's perfect design, he creates a way in the spiritual dimensions for us to seek him through the spirit, to grow with him through his word, or grow by him through his word. 
and grow with his church so that we can be sure we are obeying and following his will for our lives. Remember I talked about a few weeks ago, the narrow road, the small gate that leads to the narrow road. It has signs. It has, it has people on the narrow road that help us, guide us, point us. On the narrow road, we're never alone. On the narrow road, there's no backwards. It's just forward. We can slow down. We can speed up, but you can't turn around and go the other way. But please know that in this plan that God has set out, that he said that he will never leave us, we are still free to make choices. We still make choices that hurt, that hinder, that break down. These choices slow down the plans of God. And while that, all that stuff is taking place in your life, God did not leave. God is with you. Never does he leave. Never does he take a break. Never does he close his eyes to our relationship with him. We can neglect God. We can push God away. We can rebel against God. And God doesn't leave us. You see, we can do all those things. We can neglect some of us get into this pattern. I want to be honest with you. I've been in seasons where I just stopped praying. I was upset. I was upset with God. I didn't want to deal with it. I just want to shut this down for a minute, for a season. You just stop praying. Stop reading his word. It doesn't become a regular part of your pattern. It's one of the things that the church has given up on very quickly. As I enter into relationships with you guys, I'm learning very quickly that we have stopped reading our word. Often I hear, it's one of the things I've got to get back to is reading God's word and really slacking on that. We stop reading. We stop showing up to the gathering. And for some reason, we actually think we can get rid of God out of our lives. But here's the truth. He won't leave, he won't forsake, and he won't stop pursuing us. So God is with you. But not only does he state that he is with you, but he also says that he will strengthen you and uphold you. What does that even mean to us tonight? Well, many of our worries and our fears and our sadness and our depression and our anxiety and label after label, hopelessness, all of that stuff, when you start to peel back the layers, if you enter into biblical counseling, that's what we do. We peel back the layers to get to the root issue. You're going to see that the root issue is this, that you're trying to do life on your own terms without God. You will never be able to live life independent of God. God will not leave, but he will stop giving if you stop asking he says, I am with you, and I will strengthen you, and I will uphold you, and I will help you. But you can also live in weakness and despair at the same time. You can also try to do things on your own over and over and over again, hoping that things will change, but they don't. And all the while, it is you that misses out on the care and on the mercy and on the grace and on the peace. You miss out. I miss out. When we don't turn to God, God doesn't miss out. We're not hurting God's feelings. I'm sure he's a little sad 
for our lives and for our decisions and does make him upset, but we don't hurt God. We can't hurt God. We hurt ourselves. We can literally indulge in the flesh, live in sin, praise God at church, and then curse our brothers and sisters who are made in the image of God. James talks about that in his book. He says, you come to church, you sing their praises, and then you go out and cut down people that are made in the image of God. Shouldn't do that, guys. That's what James is saying to the church. James also says that some play favorites, some don't, some give to the rich and not to the poor, some act one way in front of one group and another way in another group. And we can do all these things as God's people. And when we do these things, sometimes we have this notion in our, in our heart, in the forefront of our mind, that it's okay, we're going to get away from this, away with this. But there will always be consequences. And some of us are living our lives right now, and, and we're feeling those implications, those consequences of the choices we continue to make. When God is in our life, and we, we live as if he's not. Some of you right now know God is with you. Some of us now, right now, who are sitting right now listening to my voice as we open up God's word, know that God is with you, but you haven't turned to him in faith. Asking him for help or care or forgiveness or mercy or grace or understanding. Some of you are mad at God right now. Because the plan that you thought is not working out. We do the same thing over and over. We kind of just try to keep moving on. Hoping this or that or this person or this situation or this type of money or this item or this relationship will fix me. We try all these things in the world. We go through all kinds of things and they don't fix us. They often leave us broken, wanting more. And if you're in Jesus, he is with us. Even Jesus said, turn to me. All of you who are weak and burdened, and he says, I'll do this. He says, I'll give you some rest. Any of you tired? He says, I will renew your strength. He says, I will give you purpose. He says, I will show you the way, for I am the way. He said, I will lead you beside still waters. When I learned that about Psalm 23, about shepherds leading sheep to still waters, you know why they do that? The still water calms the soul of the sheep, calms them down. A sheep is a real sketchy animal. So he's on the lookout. It's all sketchy all the time, like always looking for predators. Some of them are dumb. Some of them do stupid things and they're just really like on edge all the time. And it's, it's, it's known that a shepherd would lead them to a calm water and they would just rest and sit and then listen for the voice of the shepherd. He says, I will lead you by still waters in our life when everything seems so chaotic and so crazy all the time. He says, I'll bring you to a place where you can just rest. He says, I will be the one that will give you a hope and a future. I will be with you always until the very end of the age. But church, come on. We are living broken, hurt-filled lives 
because we are not turning to God for help. He is with us. And when we turn to him, he says, I will give you strength. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And if you go on a little bit more, it would be the verse that we heard at the funeral today. It says, I will lead you. It says, I'll take you by the hand and I will lead you. This is the promise of God. We have some work to do. Tonight. He is with us. And I believe that we need to do the necessary work before the Lord. My time is up by 10 seconds. So we're going to pray. I'm going to ask us to do something tonight. And if you're like me, I always hate it when the speaker up front makes us move and do weird things, so I'm not going to do that for you. But I am going to ask you, yeah, I know, it's so weird sometimes. Like, what? You want us to do what? I don't want to talk to anyone. Where you're at, let's just take a minute. Just still water moment. Just take a minute. I got a timer. I can see it. Why don't you talk to God? And if you haven't been close to God for a while, why don't you just take a minute and just make things right? Because the thing that our God promises is we turn to him because he's with us. We fess up and confess. and we come to him, he will provide the grace, mercy. Some of us tonight need to restore this relationship with God. It doesn't have to be a drawn out thing. The Lord knows our hearts. He knows what we need. So church, let's do a minute with the Lord. Then I'll close this in prayer. Let's pray together. God, I ask that you would help us as we turn to you. You are the author and perfecter of our faith, not us. I pray that you would help us in our great need of guidance, wisdom, mercy. I pray and ask you that you would provide deep spiritual care to those who are coming to you right now, to those who are turning to you. I pray that you would follow through. You're not a liar. What you say is true. 
the promises you give to us can be claimed. And you've declared that you are with us, that you'll strengthen us, that you'll uphold us, that you'll lead us. God, we pray that you would do that for us tonight. Forgive us when we turn to things other than you to help us meet a need, satisfy a craving, or to try to cover up a hurt. Lord, thank you for being with us and for strengthening us and upholding us and, and guiding us and calling us, Lord. Over the last 10 weeks, we've looked at various subjects, how, can, how we can, as your people, tune up our walks with you. And God, you have provided in such abundance. I can't remember a season like this where things have gone well, so well in the lives of the people that you love and care for. And I just want to just say, God, thank you. Thank you for the things that you've been doing in the lives of these people here. We testify to your great strength and how they are overcoming. We do fall short of your glory, Lord. We do make mistakes. We still continue to sin. But we are learning that you are with us. You are for us. That we, by your strength, can turn from sin and rejoice in the grace of God. Lord, we declare tonight as your people that there is none like you. As that song goes, no one can touch our hearts and lives like you do. So forgive us, Lord, as we run to all these things that just leave us broken. And I pray tonight that you would heal our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you live in the Durham region, we'd love to have you join us for our Thursday evening services. For more information, check out our social media pages at CalvaryBCOshawaYA or website www.calvary.on.ca. 